Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of The Grueling Truth. I'm your host, as always, Mike Goodpaster, and, of course, I want to welcome in my co-host, Joe Rodriguez. How you doing tonight, Joe? Party on, Mike. Party on, Mike. Ah, so <laughs> I know we were talking about doing a show like the top ten worst sports movies. I guess you've just decided we'll do the ten worst movies. <laughs> <laughs> a little Wayne's World. But... First of all, before we get to that, I would like to bring up the fact that today we made a rather large improvement from our listenership, as from now on we will be with NGSC Sports. Um, Ralph Garcia is the founder of it, uh, gives us the ability to be on primetime from now on, starting next week, and we all know Joe's really old and has a hard time staying up this late to begin with. Um, I'm just going to keep talking so you can't respond to that, so... Do you want to respond to that? I don't Joe? think I don't think there's anything wrong with taking a nap before an eleven o'clock show. Yeah, but when you take the nap at six thirty and it the nap lasts till ten thirty and I have to call and wake you up, you set your alarm, you got your wife waking you up. <laughs> you're old. But That's true. um with the N G S C sports, you could also go check out their webpage. I think it's NGSC Sports dot NGSC Sports dot com or just punch in a Google search of NGSC. Um, the big thing that gives us the ability to is our shows will all now be on iHeartRadio. So if you go to iHeartRadio and look up NGSC Sports, um, you'll find all of our shows. You, that way you can download, listen to them on the phone, and hear George or Joe. I almost called you George, Joe. but And you can That's hear okay, Joe Nick. struggle with staying up this way this late. But... Um, we were supposed to have a guest tonight, former Olympic gold medalist Henry Tillman, but Henry has not joined us yet. So I know Joe always comes prepared. So what do you want to talk about tonight, Joe? Well, I was thinking uh, plan B if uh, Mr. Tillman was not available, which I'm sure he has a good reason not to be available because who on earth would miss our show? I was thinking I know, of the exactly. 10 the ten worst sports movies ever. People talk about the best. Uh, best boxing, best baseball. Uh, for me, this is a pretty easy subject. The ten worst sports movies ever. Yeah, and I assume, unlike me, you came prepared with a top ten list and everything, right? I have a list. I um, I actually check for spelling and check for uh, grammar and everything. You know nobody's going to be able to see whether your grammar or spelling is all right, right? Take my word for it. It's perfect. It's perffect. Okay. Well, since you do edit all the articles I write, I mean, I will believe that. Even though I never check when you 
you know, do it, but nobody's ever came back and told me I was a moron, so I figured you'd do a decent job. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll do it this way. I don't have a list. So you give me your top ten. I'll agree or disagree. You give your reasons why. I'll give you a reason why to agree or disagree. And if you miss any, I might throw in. I'll just add them to your list. How about that? That's fine. Uh, might as well get right to it uh, with my first number ten of the worst sports movies ever made. Um, for me, it was Field of Dreams. A lot of people love this movie. A lot of people love the uh, the idea of the father and son throwing at the end, the baseball players coming onto the cornfield. Uh, I didn't buy this movie at all, at all. And I like Kevin Costner. I didn't buy this movie not one bit. I could never get into it, ever. So this is number 10 for me. I wanted to get out of the way, and I know you disagree, so go ahead, fire. Yes, I do disagree because it's one of my favorite movies. And, I mean, yeah, it's corny, <laughs> no pun intended, since it was a cornfield, but it was a corny movie. Um, you had to suspend all reality to watch it. But, I mean, in the end, I mean, I think what the movie was about was about a man trying to reconnect with his father. And, I mean, it got to me because I remember playing catch in the backyard, front yard with my dad when I was younger. And, you know, it kind of gives you the idea that maybe you want to move to Iowa and dig up a baseball field on a corn patch and maybe your dad will come back and play baseball with you. Well, the more I talk about this, the more I think maybe you're right. (laughs) 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 But I love the movie, but that's just me. I mean, you're from New York, so you're kind of jaded, and you live in Jersey, which makes you even worse. But what's your number nine? I couldn't buy the premise. Okay, number nine for me... Let me check my uh, wonderful list. Was the last Boy Scout? It was with Bruce Willis and Damon Wayans. Oh my God! It was just so bad. I mean, Bruce Willis is not much of an actor, but he's had some big hits. And this movie was so far fetched. I another movie I didn't believe at all. Did you ever? Did you see this movie, The Last Boy Scout? I saw it, but it doesn't really stand out to me, which tells me I'm not going to disagree with you. But I think Bruce Willis, you know, is one of the greatest actors in American film. Yeah, he was in all the Die Hard <laughs> movies, Joe. He was in all the no, Die Hard he? movies. I don't remember him yeah. in number three. I don't. Wow. Yeah, he was in all the Die Hard movies where he walked on glass, spit fire, and everything else. And, I mean, on top of that, I mean, he married a woman that was in a movie called Striptease, I believe. Yes. She did all so you have to admire him for that, and she pulled that off rather well, I thought. Hmm, no pun intended there, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended at all. This is the no pun show. <laughs> you know what scene bothered me? There was a scene where Damon Wayans, I guess he was supposed to be a big-time quarterback. Are we talking about the last the Boy ball. Scout or Striptease? Still, the last Boy Scout. and okay. And he threw the ball. He wasn't convincing to me at all. I mean, it just the, the movie was just horrible to me. And uh, ironically, Tony Scott is a terrific director, uh, but The Last Boy Scout was just bad. Very bad. All right, let's go to your number eight on the Joe Rodriguez Movies That Suck list. You'll love this one. Rocky Four. Now, I, so far I know you, you disagree two out of three. To me, Rocky Four was so bad, I didn't go to see Rocky Five. I watched Rocky 1 through 4 in the movies. 
it, it was a music video, so everybody could see Sylvester Stallone's uh, steroid-enhanced body as he trained in the uh, in the mountains. And then at the end, he solves all the world's uh, problems between the United States and Russia. It shouts out my favorite line, love, at the end of the movie. Uh, it was really 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 bad i i didn't I, well i don't to think this it's, day i've never i've never watched rocky five because of rocky four which makes no sense because you watched rocky six but i digress right um rocky four to me was maybe the greatest music video movie ever made <laughs> that's what i didn't like about it I loved it. I mean, come on. James Brown was in it singing Living in America. I mean, sure, Apollo Creed died, which was sad, because he was one of the greatest heavyweights that ever lived. Um, <laughs> I mean, and plus, if you look at it, I mean, Rocky IV was in 1986, around Christmas time. Within three years of Sylvester Stallone making that movie, I mean, that movie had such a big impact on the Russian public that the Berlin Wall was torn down and communism was gone. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm sure it was because of the movie. Exactly. So we agree that you're wrong there. All right. What's your number seven, Joe? This one, I think you and I. Are you agree gonna tell on. me Old Yeller uh, now? <laughs> Old Yeller wasn't a sports movie. Um, I know. You're trashing really good movies. Over the top. Stallone has the distinct honor of making argue, arguably the greatest sports movie ever, and arguably. One of the very worst. Over the top was horrendous. That uh, he was going to arm wrestle to reconnect with his with his son. It was just so bad. Oh my goodness! If anyone paid to see that in the movie, Stallone should reimburse you. Well, actually, I was in Paducah, Kentucky, on a family vacation and paid like two dollars and ninety nine cents on a little movie thing at uh, hotel, and I loved the movie. But since I have gotten older and grown up and realized that that movie really sucked. But anything Sylvester Stallone did when I was younger I liked because I always figured it was Rocky doing it. And the other thing is this. Is it really a sports movie if it's about wrist wrestling? I don't know. Uh, Maybe it's a reach, but the movie is so bad it deserves to be included on any worst films ever list. But the music was really good. Giorgio Moroda. Whatever that he's is. A big time, All right. uh, it sounds like some kind of skin disease. No, he's uh, he was a big time, uh, big time uh, music scorer for films. Uh, wonder why. So, he did uh, yeah, you're right about that. Even though, even though you you forgot, you didn't even know who it was, but you were right about that. No, Number I six? remember the songs. They're like the winner takes it all, the loser has to fall. I would sing I it, but if I sing it, then you know, <laughs> the people that haven't already tuned out will. So. What's your number six? Number six to me was Air Bud. I, I can't. I, was that the I, one where the dog played football or basketball? Yes, the dog who the dog couldn't catch anything, couldn't do anything, but the dog was a, a, a tremendous football player. The I always wonder how Hollywood, who how Hollywood finances some of these movies. How did Air Bud get financed? But it made money because they made a sequel. It's so bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, my favorite, you know, animal movie of all time was Gus, the field goal kicking mule, with I believe it was Don <laughs> Knotts and Ed Asner. 
I mean, Ed Asner and Don Knotts, I mean, Don Knotts is really believable as a head football coach. He reminds me a lot of Dave Shula, the old Bengals coach. That reminds me of the guy from the Dolphins. Who's the, who's the Dolphins coach now? What's his name? Guy used to be with the Packers? Joe Philbin. Oh, who knows? Oh, okay, That's Regis Philbin. Philbin. Yeah. That, yeah, Regis Philbin's son, Joe Philbin. <laughs> uh, he reminds me of Don, Don Knotts. Did you ever see Gus the Field Goal Kicking Mule as a Disney movie? No, I missed that classic. I'm sorry. It's riveting, though, because, I mean, right before the Super Bowl, the, actually Gus gets stolen, and they can't find him. But the team pulls together and plays better than they ever did, and then Gus magically appears at the end of the movie to kick the game-winning Super Bowl kick. Now you want to go watch it, don't you? No. Okay. Well, give me number, number five. Number five? Number five for me is Space Jam. You know my hatred of Michael Jordan runs deep when I'm rooting for the monsters to beat him in a movie. That's how much I don't like Michael Jordan. But that aside, that movie was so bad uh, that that movie made Warner Brothers, uh, the cartoon characters, which have been hysterical for many, many years, not funny at all. The movie was horrible. Or to... to uh, Quote Charles Barkley, horrible, horrible. Did you ever see Space Jam? No, I never saw Space Jam because I dislike Michael Jordan so much I never watched Space Jam. I was a Reggie Miller fan, so. And Larry Bird. So if Larry Bird wouldn't have been in Space Jam, I'd have watched it or Reggie Miller. Well, Barkley was in it. Barkley was in Space Jam? Yes. I think so. I'm almost positive he was. Oh. I'm going to make sure I don't I'll look it up. Then. I like Charles Barkley, though. He's funny. Yes, so do I. I like Charles Barkley a lot. I especially like Charles Barkley because uh, he uh, said that uh, one of the reasons why he, his friendship with Jordan uh, broke up is because he wouldn't kiss his derriere, which I love that. His derriere. Yes, I'm trying to I be his family show, so I'm trying to be polite. <laughs> oh, <laughs> listen. It's 11 o'clock Hey, uh, Larry Bird is in Space Jam. I just looked it up. He is? Yep. Oh, that's exciting. He plays. He plays himself. Well, that'll tell you a lot of people do anything for the right amount of money. Absolutely. (laughs) So, where are we at on your riveting list, four or five? That was number five. Number four for me. Now we're getting to the really all-time great horrendous movies, if there's such a term. Uh, number four for me was a movie called Fear Strikes Out. Um, it was the story of it was a story of Jimmy Pearsall, a former uh, baseball player, who had uh, emotional issues, mental issues. But the movie was bad because Anthony Perkins of Psycho fame played Jimmy Pearsall, and he was about as athletic as Danny DeVito. I mean, not athletic at all. He didn't convince at all being any kind of athlete. It was just horrible. And this had a terrific cast, good director and everything, but Perkins was totally miscast. Yeah. Um, I don't even think – I don't know if I've seen the movie or not. If it did, it doesn't stand out. So I won't give any Fear crap strikes about out. It. What's your number Fear three? Fear strikes out. Number three for me is The Babe with John Goodman. 
Oh, okay. I thought that was coming at number one, but now you just explained to me why it's number three. Go ahead. Number three, uh, yeah, John Goodman. The, uh, listen, he had to. They had to film him. He couldn't bat a lefty, so he had to. They had to film him batting righty and reverse it so he would look like he's batting lefty. So in reality, he's batting righty and running to third base. So when they filmed it backwards. It looks like he's running the first. I mean, if anyone understands that, it just shows you one of the many, many things wrong with this movie. It's just horrible. It's just, it's just so bad. It's so bad. Um, if anyone's seen it, that was that was pretty recent. The Babe was pretty recent. Yeah, I think that was like was 1992 or. Something. Yeah, I went and saw it at the movie theater. Actor. That's how bad it was. Hell, I never go to the movie theater, but it was about Babe Ruth. I figured I'd go watch it. I think I fell asleep halfway through. John Goodman was a really wonderful is is not was is a wonderful actor. So it was very disappointing. Very disappointing. Right. What's number two? I think I already know your number one. Yeah, number one you and I've talked about. Number two is Joanna Mann. Huh? Or Joanna Mann. Joanna Mann. If Makes a very was that the one where the dude acted one. like he was a woman or something? Yes, it was. Wow. Wow. And here's the sad thing. I watched that movie. I didn't go to the movies to see it, but I watched it on cable. I watched it beginning to end. It's. It's. I don't know why I sat through it. It was like. It. It was like watching a car wreck. You know, like you can't take your eyes off it, but you're. You're watching it. It was. Well, wow. I'm not from New York. If I see a car wreck, I look away because I don't want to see anybody feel pain. But you're from New York, so go ahead. Yes, uh, from the Bronx specifically. Any Bronx people out there, uh, a shout-out to my Bronx peoples. Um, well, see, Ralph Garcia, who's the founder and owner of the NGSC Sports, actually is from the Bronx also and is a huge Mets fan. He must be a tremendous gentleman, family-oriented, uh, pays his taxes, goes to church, because that's what all Mets fans do. Well, yeah, I mean, both of you. So now I know both Mets fans. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, speaking of which, uh, Jacob deGrom, uh, last year's Rookie of the Year, pitched one inning in the All-Star game uh, tonight. He struck out the side. No one even foul-tipped the ball, and he only it only took him ten pitches. So for any for both of you Mets fans out there, it was, uh, it was a great night. And my number one worst movie, worst sports movie of all time, drum roll, please, forget the drum roll, the Babe Ruth story. The Babe Ruth story was released in 1948. It starred a terrific comic actor named William Bendix, and it was so unbelievably bad. It was. I'll give you one scene that was uh, typical of the Babe Ruth story. A foul ball hits like a puppy or something. He stops the game in the middle of the game that. to pick up the puppy and take the puppy to the hospital. I'm sure so you're Babe telling Ruth me that didn't that. really happen. That didn't happen. I don't. You know, I just don't think so. I don't think so. And not to mention that William Bendix wasn't close to Babe Ruth physically, or I mean, no one was close to Ruth athletically, but physically, he was nothing close to Ruth. I, I don't know what they were thinking about. It's just so bad this movie. But if you, if well, you like I, a few laughs, everyone, watch the Babe Ruth story. I think they used to make fun of that on Saturday Night Live, didn't they? 
they had a hilarious story. They had a hilarious joke on Saturday Night Live where uh, it's it's one of the old stories where John Belushi plays Babe Ruth, and he goes to see Garrett Morris in the hospital. Garrett Morris is playing the kid, so he goes, "Kid, I made a home run for you." And so the announcer, while Garrett Morris is playing the kid, is listening to the announcer. The announcer says, "Babe Ruth is going to hit a home run for the little kid who's dying in the hospital." And the kid says, I'm dying. It's a really, really funny joke. And if none of you laughed, you have to watch it. It's really funny. All right. I'll give you some movies I think you missed. Um, Go ahead. Oh, I will. Uh, You already know my number one. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Hopefully you've at least watched the trailer since there's no way to possibly watch the movie anymore. It was so bad. But I didn't like The Blind Side. You I know, um, so, Michael Orr blames that movie for derailing his career. Isn't that something? Yeah, I mean, it could be that or it could be his bad footwork and hand placement. I mean, it's either that or the movie. I don't know. I'm sure it's probably I think it's movie. the movie. I don't think it has anything to do with his ability or his work ethic. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, what what did you like you about missed? the movie? What didn't I, I just thought it was boring and stupid, and I didn't like Sandra Bullock in it because... I never did figure out whether I didn't like her or I did like her. Got it. That, and I think the movie was just over the top. Another movie that I could not stand was Rudy. All right? I was even a Notre Dame fan (laughs) when I was little until they hired Lou Holtz. My problem with Rudy is this. The story is all bull crap. I met Rudy Rudiger once, and he's a jerk. (laughs) I mean, Dan Devine never did what they said he did. The players never came in and put all their jerseys down and said, let Rudy play. And I've got the actual game film from the game, and the sack was not that big a deal. And, yeah, they carried him partially off the field, but then they sat him down when they realized it wasn't Joe Montana. (laughs) But, I mean, it's a great story. But when you try to tell me something is real and true, the thing I don't like is this. Dan Devine was a great football coach. I mean, he coached the Green Bay Packers at a playoffs in 72, I think. I think it's the only year in the 70s the Packers made the playoffs. He goes to Notre Dame. He follows a legend in Arab Parsegian and wins a national championship in 77. And he wins the Cotton Bowl or 78. He wins the Cotton Bowl in 79. You know, he gets fired after going, I think, 10-2 and in getting to or in losing to eventual national champion Georgia with Herschel Walker in the Sugar Bowl in 1981, I believe, and they fired the man. And then on top of that, you know, a decade later, they make a movie that makes him look like a complete ass. And it's just not true. And, I mean, when you have to tear a man's character down to build your own story up, I'm just not into that. Didn't he also take think, the Packers to the playoffs for the first time in years when he took them over as well? You know what's you know what's really bad about you saying that is the fact that I started my statement saying that he took the Packers to the playoffs in 1972. You obviously do not pay attention to me. You know why? Are you playing uh, Xbox again? Not at all. I don't even have an Xbox. But I was looking up while well, you were talking about all Divine. PlayStation. You like I that Major League on, Baseball I, game? I know you're playing it, only paying half attention to. No, it. not at all. I focused on uh, what you're saying about his college, and I missed what you said about the Packers. Uh, and I was looking up his Packers career so I could uh, bring in my wonderful insight that you already said. <laughs> yeah, 1972, they made the playoffs. They lost to the Washington Redskins, I believe. It's off the top of my head. I remember everything that happened before 1992, nothing after. Um, 
other movies I didn't like. Now, this, I'm going to give you a movie that I absolutely know is one of the worst movies ever made, but I loved it and I still watch it today. Does that make any sense? Sure. Okay. So we know it doesn't, but you're just playing along with me, and that's fine. No, it does but, make sense because, you know, we, have, we all okay. have guilty pleasures. Yeah. The Fish That Saved Pittsburgh with Stockard yeah. Channing, who is who plays Mona, and she is like an astro, what do you call that with the astrology? She's an astrologist. And there's yeah. a little boy who is the ball boy for the Pittsburgh Pythons. And they hire Mona to come in and fix the team and build it around Dr. J, who plays Moses in it. <laughs> and um, the, the way they build a team is had a tryout. And since Moses is a Pisces, and that was, you know, I guess the year of the Pisces or something, they had tryouts and had all these guys that were Pisces make the team. And, of course, they went to the championship game against Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and them, I believe. And the movie is just stupid. But I love the movie. I think just because it's got Dr. J in it, it's corny as hell. But I like the movie. And, of course, at the end, the Pisces thing strikes midnight in Game 7 of the finals. And they're down by, like, 50 points. But all of a sudden, Dr. J gives a speech and pulls the team all together again. And they came back and won. I think that is based on his time with the uh, with the New York Nets and the ABA. Well, that would, that time could be based on any time that the New York or New Jersey, New Jersey Nets have been in existence, correct? <laughs> yeah. And, of course, the Nets being the smart team they were, they traded Dr. J. And that worked out really well for them. I know you're a Nets fan, so i got to give you a hard time. Yeah, and that's but, really one of the most heartbreaking uh, moments I've ever had as a fan. But go ahead, continue. Okay. Well, um, the air up there. With Kevin Bacon. You ever see I that? I don't remember movie? that movie. No, yeah, definitely it's not. Yeah, stupid. Don't ever watch it. It's dumb. He goes to Africa or something to teach guys how to play basketball. I don't even remember what it was oh, about. Yes, I yes, just remember. Yes. Yeah, I remember watching it for like 15 minutes and then leaving the movie theater thinking this is the dumbest crap I've ever watched. But yeah, my number one worst movie of all time was made in 1978 with Elliot Gould, who was an all-right actor. Um, yeah. It was called Matilda, the Boxing Kangaroo. <laughs> and if you go on YouTube and you look up Matilda, the Boxing Kangaroo, you can't find the whole movie because I haven't been able to find it. If anybody out there finds it, let me know. I'll pay good money to see it. Because I went to see this in the theater the first day it came out. Because, like, 1978, I'm nine years old, I'm dumb as hell, and I love boxing. And I think maybe this will be like the next Rocky. <laughs> it wasn't. But Matilda the Boxing Kangaroo was a man dressed up in a kangaroo suit. And I'll tell you what, it was such a scary-looking kangaroo that it was probably a scarier movie than Jaws for little kids. But Elliot Gould leads this boxing kangaroo to get a chance at the heavyweight championship of the world, which is really realistic in and of itself. But then the kangaroo, of course, is beating him up. And it's kind of like Rocky IV when you look at it. Because all the people start off cheering for Matilda, but when he starts beating up the other guy and he's about to become the heavyweight, you know, marsupial of the world, I don't know what they called him, kangaroos or something, but when he's about to become the heavyweight champion of the world and people realize it, they see themselves in the guy getting beat up by the kangaroo. And they start cheering for that guy. And that guy lands one punch to Matilda's belly, and Matilda gets a sad look on her face. 
and they throw the towel in, and then Matilda comes over and gives the guy a kiss and a hug. If that doesn't make you want to go see Matilda the Boxing Kangaroo, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, more proof. It's, uh, I don't know how studios give financial backing to certain movies. This is one of them. Well, we've got like two minutes left. So, um, once again, Henry Tillman was supposed to be our guest. I do not know why he was not our guest tonight. Um, hasn't happened to us very often, but it happens from time to time. So, um, John Aikman said the worst movie ever was Kazam with Shaq. Oh, that's a good one. I just got that message. So I want to know why we're sitting around here struggling, trying to kill 30 minutes of time without Henry Tillman, <laughs> why John Aikman's listening and not calling in. So, John, if you're out Thanks. there, should have called in. And you know what? We can run an extra 15 minutes of archive time if John wants to call in in the next 30 seconds. 347-237-4391, and we'll get John on air to talk about his worst movies ever. So John, Thank you, John. That was, a, that was a great addition. That was great. It was. Exam that was, was a good addition. I've even forgot oh, about it. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but John's too. at the age I'm where sure. he was probably six where that came out, so he remembers it really well. <laughs> but we got like a minute left in the show unless John calls in. So remember, tomorrow night on the Grueling Truth Football Show, we're moving it up to Wednesday night to accommodate Kenny Easley, who had a hard time getting on the show last last week. Um like I said, you can check everything out with us now on the NGSC. Um, the Grueling Truth Facebook page is still out there. So you got any final thoughts, Joe? Because it looks like John Aitman is not going to be man enough to call in if you hear me out there, John. No, enjoyed the show. Sorry we missed Mr. Tillman. We'll get him next time. Yep, and we will get a boxing guest next Tuesday that will hopefully be on the show. So, But once again... You're listening to The Grueling Truth on NGSC Radio, where the legends speak. We'll see you guys next Tuesday night for the boxing show. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.